0: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. I'm Tyler Tischler, Associate Editor at Reader Views,
1: And I'm Victor Volkman from Loving Healing Press in Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'd like to welcome all our listeners to episode number 166 in our series. Tonight's topic will be book marketing on the mobile web with special guest Daltina Hay. You can learn more about our guest on the Authors Access website, which is AuthorsAccess.com We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at AuthorsAccess.com now, Tonight we have Daltina Hay back on the show after uh, several years since we've talked to her. She is the author of The Bootstrapper's Guide to the Mobile Web and the Social Media Survival Guide. She is a web developer, publisher, and entrepreneur. She is the founder of Plum Web Solutions, helping small businesses and publishers with website creation, search, and social media optimization, and content marketing. She presently teaches graduate-level social media certificate program for Drury University, and also teaches on Udemy.com. She's on the board of directors for the Independent Book Publishers Association, IBPA, which some of you may remember as the Publishers Marketing Association, and she's also on the International Marketing Standards Board. Well, welcome, Deltina.
2: Thanks, Victor. It's good to be back.
0: Well, Deltina, I'm uh, I'm really surprised by your your biography there. I didn't even know that there were social media certificate programs. And, uh, I mean, that just is, is surprising to me. So could we just start by, would you tell us a little bit about why you became so interested in social media and the mobile web to to write a book about Is it trying to uh, capitalize on the latest trends, or, or what what is your initial interest in it?
2: Well, my initial interest in social media was, Through publishing, my publishing company, Dalton Publishing, and I really saw the um, the advantages that I could give authors as far as blogging and and, social networking sites and so forth. So, as you know, with a background in development and as a programmer and a web developer, I started creating blogs very early on for my authors, and then started using WordPress to create websites and then just kind of fell into becoming uh, a reluctant expert on the subject because I knew so very much about it. And so the the book kind of was was one of those books, the first one, was one of those books that just had to be written. It was just already in me and it needed to be written. Um, More than anything, I was excited about the openness of it. I love the idea of the open web and that's what social media symbolized for me.
0: And uh, we're going to talk largely about the mobile web tonight. So, um, you know, I, re- I remember when the term uh, Web 2.0 came out, and it sounds like the mobile web is really like the next the next version. So can you tell us a little bit about how the mobile web is different from the Internet and maybe just give us a little bit of a definition of the mobile web?
2: Well, I like to think of the mobile web as accessing the Internet with with mobile devices, small handheld devices or devices that, that can that have access anywhere. And they're born connected also is another another catchphrase. But people actually use the mobile web differently than the internet because they don't really tend to surf the internet using a mobile device the way that we would on our laptop or a desktop computer. Instead there's a lot of intentionality behind how people use mobile devices to access the internet. And so they're doing very specific things like accessing um local businesses and buying products and doing searches for news and movies and music. And so it's it's very much more refined how uh, people are, are using the internet on the smaller devices.
0: Okay, so then how does that um relate to someone like me who's an author and I have a website where I'm I'm selling my books? Um I mean why why wouldn't uh why would people come to my website using their mobile their mobile phone um rather than just wait until they got home and could look up my books on their computer?
2: Well, it may be that they are asked about and see a reference to your book or see even uh, another book that's similar to it and want they might look up competing books or look up books on similar topics. And that's another thing about the intentionality is that is it is that the Internet's right at their fingertips. And so it may be that, that like I said, they, they see the title of your book and they decide to look it up right on the spot, and that might take them to your website.
1: Great. Let's talk a little bit about – I know WordPress 3.5 just came out, and it's supposed to have, if I understand it, themes that are more mobile-friendly – can I really get one theme that will fit both purposes or should I just have a special landing page that's mobile only and try and push mobile
2: users there? Well, WordPress has what are called responsive themes now. And, and what that means is that the theme changes as the device it accesses, it, accesses, it changes. And so if a small mobile device accesses the, web, the website then I mean, it's going to shrink the information down to fit on the device. And that's a great way to make your website mobile-ready. And it's with WordPress, If you know, if you're lucky enough to have a uh, website powered by WordPress, and you can find a lot of different themes that are automatically responsive. And so you kind of have something out of the box. Now, if you have a more complicated website, something that's maybe written in you know, XHTML or or um, JavaScript, then you might think about, instead of converting your website or trying to force it to be responsive, which might be a lot of work, you might think about having a landing page or using one of the services out there that allow you to redirect mobile traffic to a mobile version of your website.
1: Well, that's really interesting. Um, I notice like, when I look at, say, I don't know, an Amazon's version of their mobile website, they tend to boil things down to just like three or four or five buttons rather than, you know, to present a whole screen's worth of information. Is that, like, the, the, the best practice? Give us a couple of the best practices if I'm going to make a mobile landing page.
2: Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a really good point because you mobile users, even more so than we already know of the Internet, uh, people want, want answers and they want things very quickly. So, if they go to a website and there's, there's it's hard to navigate around and, and they can't find what they're looking for, they really are going to move on. You want to have three main points on your website. You pop it open and it might be you know contact us, you know, buy the book, or um, you know go to one of our social networking sites and you want the buttons very big so that they, they don't the fast finger syndrome doesn't happen where they're touching two the buttons at once, and also that you want your calls to action right there on the front page. And so even, again, if your website, you know, you might look at your website on a mobile device and think, oh, well, that looks okay. You know, they may need to stretch it open a little bit. You know, really think again because, you know, it's that, that instant gratification and it's just as easy for somebody to move on, to something else rather than having those big buttons right in front of them that they're going to be more inclined to, to push.
1: That's great. Um, I'm sure we could do at least one whole show on this, but let's talk about uh, mobile apps and what makes sense for an author specifically to turn into a mo- mobile app, either their book or their website as a mobile app.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. and. Especially if if you have a book that might be well suited for mobile devices, like a lot of people already know, they can create a, a mobile version of their book using um, iBooks Author by Apple, which will automatically turn it into an iPad um, book or an iPhone mobile app. Um, so you can create a mobile app out of your book, you know, to make it to make to make your book itself mobile friendly. But another way to take advantage of that is to use one of the, one of the services that uh, allows you to create mobile apps that kind of gather up all of your social media accounts, like it might feed your blog into the app and your Facebook stream and your Twitter stream and maybe some YouTube videos. So you have kind of a, a centralized um, mobile app for all of your social media activity that people can access.
0: Um, I'm uh, Deltina, I'm a little bit uh, less tech savvy than you and Victor. Um, could, you, could you explain a little bit more about how a, how a book is a mobile app? Is that just so that a person can read the book on their, on their mobile phone? Is that kind of similar to, say, reading an ebook on your Kindle?
2: You could make something as simple as that, yes. But the nice thing about doing a, a book as a mobile app is that you have a lot of other features available. It's very easy to integrate video and audio into into books, but also if you're going to create an an app for a mobile device, you're going to be wanting to take advantage of some of the features on the mobile device and so you know like the the scrolling page features and and only displaying a certain you know a certain amount of the book so that it doesn't people don't have to you know stretch or shrink it. And you know even some of the other device or um, features like like the shake feature, if you had you know any sort of um, animation or images, so it's just a, a lot. Uh, it's just a very feature rich environment for offering uh, books.
0: Okay, okay. So it's really kind of like a oh I can't think of the word I want, but a, a sort of a, a multimedia form of a
2: yeah, book. R- yeah. Rich rich media, I think, is the term you're looking for. Okay.
0: Okay. mm -hmm. Now, what else, um, other than the website and the book, what what other advice would you have for uh, marketing books to to smartphone users?
2: Well, there are um, a number of other... Things that you want to be doing well for one thing, if you if you are doing any sort of advertising, you really want to think about advertising, especially if you're doing uh, PPC advertising through AdWords or other types of platforms. You really want to start marketing uh, mobile app opportunities or you know mobile device opportunities. But when you do that, you want to make certain that you have a mobile-ready landing page. So you want to make certain that you're, that you're doing mobile all the way through to the end. So if you're going to be offering mobile ads, that you're also going to be offering a mobile experience when they go to buy the book that they click through. Some other opportunities are um, one of my favorite is uh, an application called Google Goggles. And what it is is a, an augmented reality application. And it, and, and it allows you to take a, an image of an object and Google will look for it in this tremendous database. It'll look for the object and it will return information on the object if the object is in the database. And what you'll find is that if your book is in the Google Books database that, and you scan or take a photo of the cover of your book, then the product information will automatically pop up for the book. Wow! And so it's beyond just just kind of thinking about, you know, how can I appeal to people who happen upon my information on the mobile web? You want to be thinking about where you want your products to be so that they are more likely to show up on the mobile web. And the Google Books database is one of those places.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Google Books is becoming one of the bigger, well, slowly becoming one of the bigger ebook sellers anyway, so that's just another reason to get on there, I think. Um, There's a tremendous opportunity for people that are writing books about a particular locality. If I was writing a local history book about Ann Arbor, I could have photos of historic Ann Arbor buildings, and I could use the... The GPS feature, you know, to create like a virtual walking tour and tie that into my book about Ann Arbor.
2: Oh, absolutely! I mean, that's that's a brilliant idea, and I think that that this is one of the, the one of the ways in which authors have an advantage over a lot of other marketers. Is that for one thing, they're very creative, and so they think about things like that. You know, gee, I could do a geocaching tour with my, you know, my regional book, and you know, thinking about. Something like location-based marketing, where you're actually marketing within a regional location, even if your book isn't about that region. You could do things like have a uh, Foursquare check-ins or Google Places check-ins, maybe with a local coffee shop, and do a you know partner up with a you know with a, a book promotion in that way. So there really are a number of ways that um, that you really can tap into all these opportunities.
1: Great. Can you just give us a little more background on location-based services? I should know more about Foursquare, but I've never used it, and or Google Places.
2: Well, they are. Um, well, Google Places for one thing is a great way to just go and look for, say, show me a coffee shop in you know this particular area if you're driving around. Um, but but beyond that, like services like uh, Foursquare and also Google Places, you can check in using those. If you're at a place that allows you to check in, what you do is you check in with your mobile device, you know, I'm here at this place, right, this coffee shop, and a lot of the um, the local businesses will offer uh, deals to the customers who check in a lot from their location. So they might get a free cup of coffee or, you know, become a mayor for a day and get the, you know, the special booth that they get to sit in or something. And, and so people are getting, you know, really creative with that and doing things like, like I said, you know, offering maybe a book signing. And if you check in during the book signing from this location, you get some special deal. And so the check-in is, is a really popular thing, especially with, um, with the younger crowd who are just constantly on Facebook and on Twitter, and they really like the little check-in feature. So they show people kind of where they've been all day long
0: uh deltina i, I when we were talking about um <clears throat> selling selling books specifically i i uh, have noticed several books in recent the last year or two with qr codes on the back and i i remember my first thought was well okay that you can get more information by through the qr code but um if you're if you're pointing your phone at it and it's on the back of a book, why not just pick up, pick up the book and, and read the you know read what the back cover of the book says? So could could you tell us a little bit more about QR codes and how they actually help to sell books?
2: Sure, um, QR codes like on the books themselves. Uh, you're you're right. I mean, you you can read the back copy to learn more. You're not necessarily going to scan a QR code to learn more about that book in particular. But if you did put a QR code about information on a book on other marketing material, like in your business cards okay. or your postcards or the posters, that's one thing. Um, but also to to um, you know kind of add to the back cover copy, it might take them to a website with a bunch of resources on it you know, to kind of give them an idea of, you know, here are the other things that this book has to offer, or its resources. And then on the interior of the book is where I use QR codes a lot, especially in my mobile book, that take them to other resources where they can learn more or videos that I might have made about the topics that I'm talking about in the book. So again, you know, you can can get really creative with those.
0: So it's kind of like reading an e-book with a hyperlink in it, only it's a QR code.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, think of them as a way to you know augment the information in your book, and and even even beyond that, you know my my um, most favorite thing that's coming out you know right now that we're not seeing quite as much as I thought we would uh, about this time of the year, but those are what are called uh, near field communication chips, and they're little chips that can come in the form even of a sticker now that you your, that you can scan with your phone or bump with your phone, and you can actually perform a transaction. So it isn't just about scanning it and it takes you someplace online or gives you some information. You can actually perform a transaction like buy a book. So imagine that you had a poster of the book and a little NFC code, and somebody could read about the book in the poster and then just scan it right there and buy the book on the spot.
0: Okay, so that would be that would save you the step of like going to Amazon and going to buy the book or whatever on amazon
2: right but but this would be a more spontaneous thing, you know I mean, mm-hmm. like if somebody were at a bookstore, say or you know a coffee shop or something like that and saw information about the book, you know they wouldn't even be online. This would be you know between a little chip on the poster and the phone and they could automatically do the transaction. It might be through Amazon, but more likely it's going to be through a third-party vendor. Like this is the same technology that powers um, um, V. I'm sure you've seen something about that. And also Google Wallet, those kind of you know swipe and buy situations um, in a very portable form.
0: Okay, okay. Um, I, I am not, uh, like I said, I'm not too tech savvy, and so I wondered... Um, you know, for example, I have a person that does does my website. I would most website people be up to date on creating all the all the details needed for a mobile web site, or um, how, where do you where do you find the people that can do this for you if you're not very technically inclined?
2: You can look at um, some of the mobile web services out there. The ones that I that I tend to. Shy away from are the ones that say we're going to take your existing website and magically convert it into a mobile website. There, I've I've just you know with all the testing that I did when I when I wrote the book, I I just found so many problems with them. That I and not only that, but I'm going back to the earlier conversation. We we don't necessarily want our desktop website to be exactly the same on a mobile device. You know, we want those kind of three ideal things. So, you know, you could go to a service like um, Mofus or BeMobilized or iBuild um, app. Those are for apps and also mobile websites. You know, one of those services, you can get up and running with a mobile um, website that's redirected uh, very quickly. But, you know, I, I was really surprised at how many web developers are still not making websites uh, mobile-ready. I, I don't really get that. Um, so it, it's, I just, it seems to me that every single website lately, over the last few months that somebody has sent me, hey, look at my new website, tell me what you think, has not been mobile-ready. And I just I don't understand it. I really don't get it. So all right, the advice I would give is, is to take a look at somebody's work. You know, if you're trying to decide on a developer for your website, say, you know, let me take a look at some of the, the more recent things that you've done and shrink down the um, your browser window to see if it's responsive, if it adjusts to the size, and also look up the website on the mobile device and see what it does. And that's going to give you a clue right there as to whether or not they know what they're doing
1: absolutely if, if there's one mantra for mobile development it's test 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 and you pick up every you know borrow all your friends iPhones so you test it on the iPhone 3 4 and 5 and there's just mm-hmm. no end to testing
2: <laughs> yeah and there's some great emulators out there too um i've got a, a few of them listed in the book and and on also i wanted to mention the com is the is the ancillary uh, website to my book has a tremendous amount of free information on there, a bunch of the resources and worksheets and stuff for people to um you know kind of get get up and running on their own um, but yes, yeah, some really nice emulators where you can you know just use one emulator to take a look at your phone or your I'm sorry, your website on um any number of telephones or smartphones telephones so listen to me dating myself <laughs> <laughs> um
1: Let's just bounce back to apps for a minute. I mean, the big question is, uh, Android or iOS, which is to say iPhone and iPad. Do I have to? How do I find a strategy that hits both platforms, or does one platform really matter and the other doesn't?
2: Uh, I really think it depends on what you're creating. Now, I am particularly fond of what's called cross-platform developing which means that I'm going to develop something one time and that's going to work on all platforms. And you can get that if you create what's called a web app. And you typically do that using using regular old HTML5 and um, CS, CSS3 and also some JavaScript. And there are some great platforms you can use to create those. And then you can also use other services like um, PhoneGap. jQuery Mobile is probably my favorite for... Creating uh, web apps, and then use a service like ThumbGap to actually convert it to um, Android and iOS, and you know BlackBerry and, and Windows Phone and the other ones. But it but if you if you really if you really want the app to make it into the stores right away, that's that's the catch with web apps, is that it may work on all platforms and even on the internet, but it but but the user still has to have a browser to access it because it is, in in essence, a website that just uh, takes advantage of uh, mobile device features. But a true, what's called a native app, is an app that's created on the platform for um, iOS individually or for Android individually, and those are the ones that can go automatically into the app store. So if you know you, you created an app and you know that you want it into stores right away, you know, available to people to be able to download right from iTunes or right from the Android market, then you will want to create a native app. And, you know, as far as which one, I tell people do iOS and Android, but if you absolutely have to pick one, I go with iOS. Uh, You you might even be a little surprised to hear that because I am an open web person, but I have a, a, a number of applications out there, free applications about social media. And I get around... 200 downloads a week on my iOS app and in the Android marketplace I have about that many downloads total. So it's like the Android market is really strong. It might be surpassing iOS but the downloads are what really uh, tell the story for me. That it it isn't necessarily that, that more people have Android devices as far as how I'm going to make my decision. It's You know, where are the downloads coming from? And ideally, um, uh, from iOS for the types of things that that I publish.
1: Right. And, of course, with iOS, you have to enter the Apple Developer Program, which has annual fee and rigorous testing for anything that you want to publish. Correct?
2: Yes, that's true. And and it it can be a pain. And once you're in, it's great but yes, having to go through the process of becoming a developer and then also just the process of, of um, publishing a, a mobile app to the Apple Marketplace you know, in and of itself is a rigorous process. But there are also, again, some really nice services, depending on how much complexity you need. Um, one of my favorites is App Maker. That's without an E. And App Maker is a great service where, you know, you don't have to pay them anything if you don't mind them getting money from ads, or you can pay them $79 a month. And there's also another one I wanted to mention um, that just recently became an IBPA uh, membership offering. And it's a company called PaperTrell, T-R-E-L. And they create mobile apps out of your books that can be published into the um, the Apple marketplace and the iTunes because they become the publisher, and so they take a cut, and of course Apple takes their cut, and but that you get the rest, and you get a nice platform for creating your app, and you don't have to go through all the pain of becoming an Apple publisher yourself.
1: Right, and then the app gets higher visibility than than just say a book in the iBookstore, right? Because you're visible in the hole when anyone searches for any kind of app. And let's go back to my hypothetical Ann Arbor history book. They're searching for Ann Arbor in apps, then my book site, book web app would come up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true, because it's only going to be in the bookstore. Like you said, it's also going to show up as an iPhone app and an iPad app.
0: I'm I'm just curious if there's any... Um if there's any way to track how, um, like, how many books are being purchased through through mobile devices, or has any research been done along those lines? Is it starting to become more frequent than buying directly from a, like, from somebody's laptop from the internet?
2: Um, I don't know any numbers about books um, at this point. I, I really don't, um, and it may. It may be that we we may need to wait a little while to see those because i I think that a lot of books are just like like victor, victor said coming out as apps, and so it might be hard to kind of discern you know whether or not um you know they're books or they're just apps or they're just apps about books, so I guess the answer to that is no i don't I don't have any numbers.
0: Well, I, I, I guess as a follow up to that, I, I'm just wondering for authors who are, you know, kind of like me, not really technologically savvy, um, you know, and they may be thinking, "Oh my gosh, now I have to learn how to do this as well." What, like, what would what would you tell them? Is it absolutely imperative that they that they make their websites mobile friendly and you know all, uh, have apps and the other things that you that you suggested or, or you know, where should they just start if they just want to get their feet wet with this?
2: Well, I would I would not stress out too much about apps. I mean, because especially if you're doing a lot of selling from your website and you already, you've already you already been working on the marketing to get traffic to your website and you're on Facebook and, and you know, some of and Goodreads and these other kind of imperative social media sites that you should be on. Right. Then... I would really focus on making certain that your website was mobile ready because then people who are looking for your book or who come across your website are going to, you know, have a good experience when they get there but because the the app market really is somewhat saturated. And so it, it's not like people are necessarily going to be coming across your app in the app store unless it's a really, really popular subject you know, any more often than they might come across your website. And so you don't really want to be thinking, oh, I have to have a mobile app. What you really need to be thinking about is how am I most successful online with my book and then think about how that affects mobile device users and really focus on, on that first.
0: Okay. And so, like, for me, if I'm selling, say, a good number of my books at Amazon, they're already mobile friendly i assume
2: so Absolutely.
0: that mm-hmm. that part is already kind of covered for me so i just need to sh- focus on the books that i'm selling through my website mm-hmm. right. in terms right. of making right. it mobile friendly okay right. that that makes me feel less less overwhelmed i'm sure a lot of authors like me would feel better about that
2: sure and you know also that that you know amazon has its own you know, Android market that people can buy, you know, apps from. And so it might be that, you know, if you do decide to do an app for your book, you might want to do it on on Android. If you're already on Amazon, people are going there to find your book. Okay. You know.
1: Great. Well, we're uh, winding up towards the end of the show. And, Deltina, if you want to give us all your contact information for our listeners, uh, maybe Twitter handle or Facebook page or websites, whatever you like.
2: Okay. Well, I am at Deltina on Twitter. And you can find me at Deltina.com. And I'm Deltina.hey on Facebook. And I only have a page. I don't actually have a profile anymore. I'm graduated to being a page. And... Um, But if you want to learn more about the mobile web, like I said earlier, then uh, do go to the uh, the bootstrappersguide.com. And there you can find a ton of resources and um, more about uh, Cool Driver Books, who's the, the publisher of the book, and so forth.
1: All right. Well, thank you again. And this has been another podcast edition of Authors Access, where authors get published and published authors get successful. You can learn more about our guest also on the Authors Access website, which is authorsaccess.com. We'd love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send us your questions and comments to info at authorsaccess.com. Authors Access is a joint production of Reader Views Incorporated and Loving Healing Press.
0: And for Reader Views, this is Tyler Tischler in Marquette, Michigan.
1: And I'm Victor Volkman in Ann Arbor, Michigan, wishing you all a good evening.